0: I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today I'm talking to Cody and Brittany Dowdy from Lynchburg, Virginia. They were working secular jobs when they got the call to plant a new church in Lynchburg. What's amazing about their story is the obstacles they faced and overcame to plant the church. They planted the church at the beginning of the COVID pandemic in the summer of 2020. Lynchburg is one of the most religious areas in the United States. It's called the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. Lynchburg is a racially segregated city, and the church was planted in the wake of the George Floyd racial unrest. Cody and Brittany have three kids, five years or younger. And Cody had gotten fired previously from the full time ministry, and Brittany had never been in the professional ministry before. In spite of all these challenges, they've grown the church from a team of 18 disciples to 31. They have found ways to save students on private colleges, study the Bible with people through the phone and Zoom, and developed a blank slate approach to reaching the lost that's proving effective. Find out more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today on my program, I have Cody and Brittany Dowdy from Lynchburg, Virginia. They planted a church at the onset of the COVID pandemic in June of 2020. And not only was that challenging, the timing of planting a church in a pandemic but also, they're planting a church in one of the most religious areas of America. It's been called the, the buckle of the Bible Belt. And they planted a church very close to Liberty University, which is uh, led by Jerry Falwell, now his son. And so they're, they're going to be sharing a little bit about how that's gone, what they've learned, and some of the unique challenges of planting a new church, both during a pandemic as well as in a highly, highly religious area. Cody and Brittany, welcome to the program. Thanks, Thanks so us. much for
1: having us. I'm kind of like fangirling right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like we, we've made it to our pinnacle of being a podcast.
0: <laughs> we can retire. We're
2: grateful to be here.
0: It's great to have you guys on the program. I, I know, Cody, we, we've talked, I don't know how we've made a connection earlier, but we've, we've talked a couple times separate from the podcast. And I've just been inspired by you guys that you guys planning a church during a pandemic in a tough situation. It's gutsy. It's gutsy to say the least. So let's go ahead and get started by asking you this question. how did you guys become Christians?
3: Yes, that is a great question. Thank you, Rob. Um, so I became a disciple first. I, was, I went to college in 2008 to James Madison University. J-M-U, Dukes. I have to do it. Um, and I went to college just wanting to kind of live out how you see it in the movies, um, going to parties and drinking and hooking up with guys and just kind of getting away um, from trying to do any kind of like play pretend Christianity um, which I had done kind of growing up. Um, we went to church most Sundays. My dad was raised Catholic. My mom was raised Methodist. Um, but nothing ever really stuck with me. And actually, during 9 11, um, my dad, he's okay, he's alive. Um, but he was in the Pentagon that day. Oh and gosh. I remember it being, yeah, um, just one of the scariest days. We literally we waited till like almost midnight uh, just even to find out if he was alive. Um, but so from that experience, um, uh, my mom just became very, very religious and it was hard for me as a teenager because all of a sudden I saw my mom, uh, pull away a lot more. Um, yeah, anyway, so she, she was investing in her friends and her Bible studies and all of her things. Um, but it, I just got very bitter. Um and so I kind of came to this point of I I don't believe in God anymore. Um either God is real and doesn't care um about this and my parents were having a hard time at the time and going to marriage counseling. So just feeling like um they don't really or God is real but um uh sorry. God is real but doesn't really care or he's just not real. And it was just easier for me to believe that he wasn't real. And so that was kind of it in high school is like playing pretend Christian, going to church with my parents. Um, But then when I got to college, I was like, oh, I don't have to play pretend anymore. Mm. And a few months into college, I remember waking up one morning after going to a party and just thinking, "Um, God, if you're real, I want to know, like, this is so hard. This life is so hard, but I don't know how to know you. Mm. And literally, literally that day, he sent me a disciple. Wow um it's yeah I'm just so grateful and she became my first real friend in college not just a girl that I partied with um and she just cared about my life and she showed me scriptures for the first time that had to do with my life I just had never met anybody who could read the Bible and could show you scriptures that actually dealt with what you're going through and so I studied the Bible for a few months I was baptized March 1st 2009 and Literally as a two or three month old baby disciple, um, I decided that I wanted to be an intern and go to Sydney, Australia and help out with the campus ministry there. <laughs> and, uh, and I actually made this decision before I even got baptized. I was like, I need, to and I need to go to Sydney and I need to do this internship and I need to be trained in the ministry. Um, and so I go to Sydney and the internship was amazing. And I'm so grateful for the relationships I've gotten to build.
0: Okay. So you actually went to Sydney. I did. Okay. You weren't even baptized. You said, I want to go on a mission team, <laughs> but then you ended up going in it. What, how old were you as a Christian?
3: Two months. Oh my I was, I was gosh.
0: <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Years
3: old. Just finished my freshman year of college. Um, you know, in a few months I went from God isn't real to he's real. If he's real, we have to live it out. Like there's no, you know, there's no in between like this is, this is for real. I got to do it. <laughs> Wow. Um, Okay.
0: That's, that's uh, pretty amazing.
3: Yeah. So in Sydney, we are at the airport. I'm about to come back to America um, and we're praying with the campus ministry there. And we were just praying that they would be able to grow and be strong enough to send interns back to America. Um, And then two, three years later, they did just that.
1: Yeah. And I'll go back a little bit, but. Uh, I was one of the first people that the Australians met on campus when they got to Old Dominion University. Um, but so I grew up in a single parent household. My uh, my mom is probably my superhero. Like she, she was amazing. She She was my baseball coach. She was like, I remember vividly like going to the baseball field, mom getting off work, high heels, dress, throw on a a shirt and coach first base or like, like my mom is a superhero in that way. Uh, But we weren't really religious. Like we, we didn't really go to church. If we did, it was a a, a Christmas or Easter. And um, I focused my life on, on sports and school. And so I, I went to a high school that had an engineering focus. So and I, I was really good at school. I graduated 10th of my class in high school with a 4.3 GPA. Oh, I went to- Oh my gosh. Old Domin-
0: so you, you yeah. had more than a 4.0, 4. you had
1: 4.3. Yeah, okay. we were taking college classes like like statics and, and AutoCAD and all this stuff in, in high school. Um, and then I, I graduated, I, I went to Old Dominion University um, and I knew what I wanted to study in eighth grade. Like I wanted to be an engineer. That's what, not because of the prestige or anything. I just wanted to make a lot of money. Um, We grew up pretty, pretty poor. So we we wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure that when I could provide for myself, but also for whatever family was in the future. So I chose a a career based on money. And, but then I I really grew to like it. So uh, I studied civil engineering at Old Dominion University. Uh, my freshman year, like I was a really good kid in high school. I didn't drink. I didn't party. I didn't, uh, I was sports in school. That's all I did. Mm. And uh, when I got to college, I had a, again, a moral sense. Like I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to sleep around. Uh, But I I started making some friends and that those decisions started to waver. And I, I really got into drinking and partying and uh, it was, it was, it took a toll on the, the one thing I ever had security in, which was my grades. Uh, so I was making the Dean's list, Dean's list. And then, uh, I felt like in my, my sophomore semester, my fresh or my first semester, sophomore year, like God humbled the mess out of me. Like I was drinking way too much and my grades slipped. Uh, I was partying way too much and, uh, yeah. And then girl I was dating at the time I found out she was cheating on me like like my world was crumbling uh underneath and um when I came back for the my sophomore or second semester sophomore year um humanistically I was cutting everything out I'm not partying anymore I'm not drinking I'm I'm done with relationships while I'm in college and so I'm just going to go back to the gym because uh I needed to work out Drinking puts on a lot of weight. So I I was just gonna that was what my life was gonna be, school and the gym. But that first day heading to the gym, these Australian guys meet me in the the student center and they just start talking to me about God and and like, are you a Christian? I'm like I said yeah, but more so just to kind of shut down the conversation so we didn't have to talk anymore. But they didn't they didn't uh stop. Uh, they asked like, do you read your Bible? I'm like, dude, I barely even read my textbooks, like a little my Bible. Uh, and then they invited me to like sit down and, and look at scriptures for really the first time. And I, I was just humbled to like, like you guys know your Bibles. Like I, I've never met anybody who actually like genuinely reads it. Like they can quote like a a John three sixteen or a Romans 10 9 and but like no you guys actually like believe it mm-hmm. and and act on what it says and so we studied the Bible for about a month and I got baptized on February 20th 2011 um yeah and it was it was crazy but it, it happened so
0: <laughs> okay so you Brittany, you got baptized a couple of years earlier, went on a mission team for a summer. Was it a summer internship or something?
3: A, yeah, summer campus internship. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And then came back and some of those it, Australians came back with you. Why, why did they come back to the States? So, it's kind of, kind of a reverse yeah. missionary work.
3: <laughs> In 2009, um, I went, I think it was like a two-month internship to Sydney. So just for the summer of my freshman year or after freshman year. And then two years later, they had built up their campus ministry in Sydney. And so they were able to send interns to America to be trained in Hampton Roads for ministry.
0: I see. And was Mike Fontenot there at that time?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, he was He was there. Uh, and I, I believe he left in 2011.
0: Okay. Okay. So they came back for some training. Who were those guys? Who, who are the people that met you, Cody?
1: Uh, Mateus Ritchie. Jared Vassalo, Rob Molhern, and then um, Dave Bliley was with them. He was he was the leader
0: of our campus ministry at that time. Okay, where's Old Dominion? I, it's a pretty big name, Old Dominion. Where is it? Old Dominion University
1: is in Norfolk, Virginia, so it's in um, Hampton Roads, which is the like seven big cities, but Norfolk is like dead center of that and it's a huge military town
0: okay okay uh, yeah yeah okay so I, whenever i hear about hampton roads i i can never feel like what city is that and it's it's norfolk <laughs> chesapeake virginia beach newport news some kind of funny names of towns but kind of a big area i guess
1: it is massive
0: okay and so and then there's Richmond in Virginia and then Lynchburg. Can you just give us for people listening around the world, where's where's Lynchburg, Virginia?
1: So Lynchburg, Virginia is in the western part of Virginia. So Charlottesville, which is where University of Virginia is, UVA. We're about an hour southwest of UVA or, or Charlottesville. And then we're about an hour northeast from Roanoke.
0: Okay. And so Roanoke, that's where Virginia Tech is?
1: Roanoke is uh, about an hour north of Tech.
0: Okay. Charlottesville was where the shooting was there about five, six years ago?
1: Um, yeah, there was some major riots uh, in Charlottesville about five or six years ago. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. So Old Dominion, how, how did it get the name?
1: That's a great question. Uh, so it was a college of William and Mary. Uh, so William and Mary is in on the peninsula. And then in 1930, I don't know why this randomly popped in my head. But in 1930, it broke off from William and Mary and became its own college. Uh, I just remember walking over the seal as I graduated and the, the giant seal in the middle of campus has 1930. So uh, it's a College of William and Mary that became a university.
0: I see. Okay. And Old Dominion, what's that what's that even mean? Old Dominion?
1: That's a great question.
0: <laughs> I am not, not <laughs> I mean Dude, it has a lot of It sounds <laughs> it very impressive. I'm of- <laughs> <laughs> just Old Dominion. Okay. We can just move on there. If you guys don't know, yeah. but I'm like, wow. Very okay. impressive name.
3: I was just going to say it has a lot of meaning for us. Cause that was where we met was at Old Dominion.
0: Okay. So let's talk about how, how you guys met and got together.
3: Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I graduated from JMU in 2012 with a undergrad in psychology and I, in my heart of hearts, wanted to go into the full-time ministry, but I was way too insecure to talk about it at the time. Um, and so also being terrified to go into the workforce full time, I went ahead and applied to grad school. <laughs> that seemed like the next best step. Um, so I applied to three different grad schools and prayed that God would make it clear. And I only got into one and that was at Old Dominion. So I went to ODU in 2012 um, to get a master's in clinical mental health counseling. And when we, when I got there, um, Uh, Cody was also like one of the Bible talk leaders so Mm. coming into Hampton Roads I decided I wanted to stay in the campus ministry because I loved it rather than going to like a singles ministry and I got to help out um we had like a young Christians group I got to help lead and then I got to be a Bible talk leader um and so we were in lots of leaders meetings and we were yeah we were just together a lot um yeah so he kind of rubbed off on me (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> there's a spot on at old dominions campus in the student center where all the disciples would like go if they didn't have class and our schedules like aligned almost perfectly that, that when we were in class, we were both in class and we weren't free. We were both free. So we'd always be sitting at the Starbucks in, in the web center and uh, literally just sitting there hanging out, talking, like we didn't lead a Bible talk together. But we, we always talked about the ministry and our dreams, and um, I remember in, in 20, 2011, I got baptized, I did the Hampton Roads internship, and then immediately went to ICMC in Athens, Georgia, as the deeper conference, and I remember, um, I, I, I'm about 75% sure it was Sean Wooten speaking, but I remember him challenging us, like, I encourage you to do two plantings in your lifetime, mm. one foreign and one domestic. And I, I that was what I like. In my core, I was like, he's speaking to me like, right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm going to go and be crazy for God. I want to do something that when I when my life is over, the only thing that you can point to is like he did some crazy stuff for God. Right. And that's what I I wanted. And we weren't dating. I didn't even know her at that time. Um, And I knew if I, if I wanted to get married or if I wanted to have a girlfriend, I wanted someone with that same passion, like to do something crazy for God. Hmm. And we, among those times talking at the web center, it was clear. Like she, she wanted to, she wanted to do something. We didn't, we didn't ever think of leading Like that, that's the, that's a different story. We didn't think of like leading a planting. We just wanted to be like a fly on the wall (laughs) as someone else did it. And we were just like supporters. Yes.
0: Oh, that's okay. So, so Brittany, you were in grad school, Cody, you were, you were undergrad. Undergrad. So Brittany, Mm -hmm. you a little older than Cody.
3: I am not. We are the same age.
0: She's five months older than me. Oh, okay.
3: she
1: robbed the cradle. <laughs> he was
3: a, he was in his um what is that called fifth leap year or something? His, his so,
1: like, super, super senior. Junior. He had an extra okay.
3: round around the track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God worked it out so that we could be at school at the same time. Is how I like to think about it.
0: Okay what what did you like about him? <sighs> mm.
3: That's a great question. <laughs> um so when he started pursuing me I actually liked somebody else Mm. um fun fact but Cody is persistent
2: yeah
3: um but I think what I really just appreciated him um we so we literally went on two dates before we started dating and if it was up to Cody we would have gone on one date before we started officially dating
2: (laughs) um
3: (laughs) but I just appreciated just he cares a lot about family um And just how he was talking about his upbringing just not having a lot, the people around him just means so much. Um, And I just, I saw that and that was, it just, he's very similar to my dad. Like he's also an engineer. He's crazy smart. Um, But I just really respected him and uh, getting to be able to lead together, even though we were leading Bible Talks separately I just saw the way that he was like treating the sister that he was leading with. Like he would always listen. Like he was like the brother that like, if the sisters were crying, like he'd go over and comfort them. Um, (laughs) he just, yeah. So I was just grateful, um, to just kind of be around him and learn from him and yeah.
0: What'd you think about Brittany Cody? Um,
1: Outs, other than like the outward appearance, like, <laughs> I think she's gorgeous. Like, um, she caught my eye, obviously. Um, I was like, one, she's spiritual. Like she loves God. Like even when we did start dating, like her biggest thing is like, I don't want to talk to you until I talk to God first. Ooh. I, was like, <laughs> I I, I love that about her. Like, like good. Like. <laughs> Go get close to God. So, one, I don't have to uh, face the wrath of a uh, unspiritual Brittany. at one. Point.
3: Yeah. yeah, sorry. I just wanted to add. So, a conviction I formed just as a baby Christian, because I'd been into so many worldly dating relationships um, before I was a Christian, was I wanted to read the entire Bible before I started dating. Um, I wanted to read God's love letter to me before I ever like got a love letter from a brother in the church. Um, so it took me three years. <laughs> Through the entire Bible, but that was just something that I held to. I wanted to make sure I knew who I was in God's sight before I found somebody to to be with.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So guys, got, when did you guys get married? 2015. 2015. Okay. So then where have you guys been since that time? Between the time you planned the church in June of 2020 um, and your marriage, what, what have you guys been doing? So during the planting? No, during... From the time you guys got married to, to the planting, what were you guys doing?
1: Yeah, so right out of college, I graduated December of 13, and we got married in January 15. Um, after college, I, I went into the full-time ministry uh, in Hampton Roads, working with the team ministry, uh, and that was great. Uh, but my I had a lot of school. School is really easy for me. Like, I did really well in school, not because I'm, like, super diligent, but it just kind of came easy. And that came out when I started working in the full-time ministry. Like, you have to be disciplined. You have to be, like, uh, not necessarily, like, a go-getter, but you have to be able to to plan accordingly. Um, and I just wasn't good at that. So I was let go in, like, five months after we started after we got married
2: yes uh,
1: so we got married in f- january of 15 she was in grad school i was working in the full-time ministry um and i got let go and then i had to start working i, I started working as an engineer uh i worked on uh, a couple bridge projects and uh then i got i started working on the the chesapeake bay bridge tunnel in the that connects the eastern shore to Virginia Beach it's a 17.2 mile bridge um, and there's two section of tunnels there um, but yeah so I worked I worked as an engineer for about five years before the planting even started so I was a civil engineer uh, and then yeah
3: yeah I got my master's in counseling and so I jumped right in Um, to in a private practice, I was kind of running the front desk and then I jumped into my residency. So seeing clients after, (laughs) after my work shift, um, and it was a lot. Um, and then we also about a year and a half later found out we were pregnant with our first daughter. Um, so I was a stay-at-home mom for a while there and we've had, um, two kids since then. But during that time, uh, the 20 kind of 13, to 2020 we were in the serving in the teen ministry in Hampton Roads and we loved it like I think we saw ourselves just being in the teen ministry forever
1: yeah
3: um we loved helping with the teens we were leading our own region of a teen ministry and uh I don't know just like my motherliness and my counseling skills it just (laughs) all combined perfectly (laughs) To be able to serve and
1: lead in the team ministry. It's more so just my immaturity that really helped me connect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you guys weren't in the full-time ministry you, you were in, and this happens. I mean, this happens a lot. I mean, a lot of people try out ministry and then it just doesn't work for one reason or the other. I always tell people like, just try the ministry. It it, it may not work, but you'll never regret it because of the skills you develop doing ministry in whatever job you end up doing. I mean, did you, did you find some benefit for being in the ministry and then going back and working as an engineer?
1: I think what I, I was so arrogant, like in my time in the ministry, like I was talked to quite a bit about like, hey, like you need to start working on your schedule or being more disciplined. I think what I appreciated the most about being in the ministry was getting fired. And I, I'll tell you why, more so because I think I needed that. Mm. I needed the the shock and awe of, like, Cody, you're married. You have to support your wife, but you are no longer employed. Mm. And I think that helped. And I really appreciated, like, so the my the guys who were having these conversations with me were like Jeff throne, who's one of my best friends and, and Ed Anton. And so they're talking to me. I remember very clearly, we we're in a Cadoba, right after a staff meeting. Uh, and we had this conversation and I was in awe or in shock, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe, even though we did definitely had multiple conversations about said topic, but I think I needed that like kick in the pants. Uh and I I think I really respect Jeff and Ed for just being blunt. Mm. I I I think I really respect that characteristic of people when they're they're just straightforward with me. Right. Like, um yeah, and a- after that, like I we I was let go, but I still worked like, it was like, hey, we're not able to, we're not going to pay you, but I still, we still need you to fill that hole until we can find someone. <laughs> um, so I, when I started working as an engineer, it was like, I was working 60, 70 hours a week, like crazy work schedule. And then like 20 hours in the team ministry. Oh, by the way, I'm also married. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a lot, but I think the structure of working as an engineer helped me out a lot on figuring out what I needed to repent
3: of.
0: Got it. Got it. I think
3: uh, even too, it's really ahead. cool the time after Cody got fired and he was working these 70 hours a week as an engineer while we were still serving in the teens is when all of a sudden we saw all this fruit in the yeah. teens. It's like, God was just showing us like, all right, like you need to lean on me. You need to let me do it. You can't do it on your own strength. Um Yeah. Yeah.
1: That month, three teens got baptized. Oh my gosh. Now, as I've, I was like, let go. <laughs> I've known
0: people that, that had this kind of experience and they get bitter. They get angry. They feel like, Hey, you know, they get angry towards the leadership. They get angry towards the church. You've got a totally different attitude. How did you keep a positive attitude in a really challenging situation.
1: I think it helped that I had a really good friendship with, with Ed and with Jeff. Like I knew it wasn't coming from like a, an anger, but more of like, Hey, you're, you're, you need to go figure something else out. Mm-hmm. Like, and me and Jeff are still really good friends. Like, so it, I think it helped that it helped that like I was being let go that it was one, some of my best friends doing it.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: and yeah. And it also helped that, that Brittany was there with me, right? Like <laughs> that I wasn't going through it by myself, but yeah. like, like I was a, we were able to talk and talk through and there, there were feelings. Like I'm not saying I was a blank slate of like right. joy. Sure. Uh, but like talking with Brittany, talking me through like, Hey, maybe this is a great opportunity to, to pursue your career in engineering. And I financially, it wasn't a big deal. Cause like I, I interviewed and got hired in two weeks from that conversation. Right. Like, and the salary increase was, was helpful too. <laughs> uh,
2: Quite dramatic. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I think that helped.
0: Got it. Yeah. So Brittany, like at that time you were counseling, you were, you were seeing clients, you weren't working in the ministry, the paid ministry Mm -hmm. at that time. It was just Cody.
3: That's correct. Yes. So I had been praying that I would be able to be hired and be hired with him in the ministry. And then a week before I graduate, he's let go.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Dream dream shattered.
3: (laughs) Dreams. Yeah. Dream shattered. But I I think what's encouraging, what I just really appreciate just about the staff in Hampton Roads and our relationships there, that it was just a not yet is what they were telling us. Like it was, we have so much potential, they see so much in us, they love us so much, and they wanted to give us this opportunity to be able to, to grow and to grow up and um, something I appreciate about mine and Cody's relationship and our dynamic is it doesn't matter if we're in the ministry, out of the ministry, here in the U.S., in a different country, like, we want to be disciples and make disciples. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of takes the pressure off. Like, okay, we're not paid for full-time ministry right now. That's fine. I'm still going to be getting with teens every day and in D groups and leading studies. And, like, it didn't really change um, anything about our schedule or our dreams, um, just still pursuing God and our job titles changed for a little bit, but then, yeah, we were equally shocked a few years later when the same people who had told Cody that he needed to be let like, go for ministry were the ones saying, you know what, God put it on our hearts that you guys would be perfect <laughs> to lead this church planting.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So how, tell, tell me about that. How did you guys end up in Lynchburg? Like, how did you guys choose that place? um so in
1: virginia they had a a dream to love virginia um and they they wanted to plant all the burgs. so christiansburg which is where virginia tech is lynchburg harrisonburg which is where james madison is fredericksburg which uh is a little north of richmond and then williamsburg which is on the peninsula so that was their plan is to, to love Virginia. And then in, in doing so, like most of the Bergs outside of Lynchburg already had like people there. Um, like Virginia Tech has had a thriving ministry there. And, um, so when they were looking to plant Lynchburg, it was just, it was on the, it was on the schedule to be planted, uh, to, to love the city of Lynchburg and the people there. And, um so for for us like we were working full-time we had two kids we have a, a almost five-year-old almost or a two-year-old and uh when we were on the planting we had it we had a baby so we have a, a six-month-old now um so we don't sleep
3: uh, <laughs> no sleep for us
1: but the the whole idea is it, it was really cool because ed came, ed and deb came to us and I'm like hey we've seen a lot of repentance like in, in my own self. And uh, we would love for you guys to, to think about leading the church in Lynchburg, lead the, the, the mission to to Lynchburg. And we were kind of hesitant. Brittany, her background, like, I don't know if God exists, like when she was a teen into her campus years. And for me, I didn't really have a a religious background but i knew i hated hypocrisy mm. like i knew i wasn't like doing it but i hated spiritual jargon uh mm. of like clichés like that just like made my skin crawl and when i think of lynchburg like that is that mm. like there is a lot of religiousness in lynchburg and so they're like hey before you answer like just go visit And so we went and visited in 2019. Um, We took a weekend because we were still working full time, took a weekend to go visit the city. And uh, if you drive around Lynchburg, there's a church on every corner. Mm -hmm. There's more churches than convenience stores in Lynchburg. Wow. Um, There's over 450 plus churches in a 50 square mile city and they have three colleges liberty lynchburg university and randolph and they're all christian private schools
2: mm-hmm.
1: so we're driving around the city and we're seeing church after church and we're like it breaks your heart like that there there are so many and just to even like we don't know but even to think what are they teaching mm-hmm. And how many people were being led astray. And so what broke our heart also really inspired us that these churches wouldn't be open if they didn't have people trying to seek the truth.
2: Yeah.
1: And that was that was a game changer for us. Like, yes, it's really religious, but there are so many people here that want to know God. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were like, Okay, sign us up. <laughs> like, like sign us up. Coming from like a, a secular school like Old Dominion, where twenty percent maybe might be interested in God, maybe maybe more than that. But like coming to a city, like oh man, it's gonna be awesome. And obviously, it has had. We knew it's gonna have its challenges, but that kind of like got us inspired. And that was twenty nineteen, and then we started doing. Um, trips around the ACR uh, to try and see who would want to come with us. And this is all before we even knew what was coming in 2020 and we had no idea what was coming,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but we were making trips and uh, it was me, my wife and our two girls. And that was going to be the church planting. <laughs> and then there's some people from the Richmond church and, and some people from the, uh, now Capital Rivers, Rivers Church that wanted to come and, and a sister from Philly and then a, a married couple was going to be stationed there from, uh, from Lexington. And it was just like in 2020 is when most of the people decided to come. Hmm. And that was like, all right, so we're getting, we're going to get paid and that's awesome. But there's some crazy disciples out here that are gonna move during a pandemic, when most people are hunkering down to like not go outside. They're gonna move cities wow. to a place they've never been before, into an environment that they probably never experienced before. I'm like, I was blown away by 2020 in multiple ways, but we we moved out to Lynchburg in July of 2020. And then following us, we started the church with 18. Mm-hmm. So we had 18 people. Two people were already there, and they were commuting to the Roanoke Church. And so we had 18 people. We had four campus students that were at Liberty University. And I was just blown away. Like. Out of the 18, we had our inaugural service in September, and we had 130 people there.
0: Wow.
3: In the middle of the COVID pandemic.
1: Yeah. Like, hey, you know what would be a good idea? While people <laughs> are getting sick, um, let's let's have a church service <laughs> in a new city. Uh, and pe- most of that 130 were people visiting from out of, out of uh, other churches in Virginia, but we had 30 people there from guests that That's, were in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just really inspiring. Um, yeah, it was, it was looking back. I'm like, how did that happen? Wow. Like, what?
0: Were we crazy? So I, I want to dig into this because I am looking at your Facebook page and uh, it looks like there's a, a picture of the team or the church. It's very diverse. I mean, it is, um, You've got, it looks like it's about half, half white, half black to me on that team. Was that intentional or what, how did, how did you, what was your mindset going into the planting?
3: We prayed a lot. We did. (laughs) Yeah. It was all God. Um, And we are so grateful to be able to, because our movement of diverse, of churches is so diverse and being an international movement, but to get to bring a diverse church to Lynchburg, where most churches are, this is the white church, and this is the black church, Um, and even, honestly, even the school systems in Lynchburg can similar, be similar to that. Um, I remember it was that inaugural weekend where we had that big church service. We had this event at a trampoline park for our campus students and our young professional students. And one of the managers at the trampoline park, she was like, I know you guys said you're a new your church planting, but you already blow away like most of the churches here. And I was like, "What? what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know, we're 18 people, we brought some friends with us, but what do you mean? And she was like, you're diverse. Like you have people here from all different types of backgrounds and they're welcome and you love them and you're teaching all of them about Jesus. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I'm just so grateful that we've gotten to be a light in that way to the city.
0: Yeah. What what are, what are the demographics of Lynchburg? What's what, how's it composed?
1: So Lynchburg city, Lynchburg city versus Lynchburg,
3: like the surrounding areas. the
1: surrounding areas. So Lynchburg is is pretty diverse in the city, uh, but on the outskirts, like different like counties and stuff, it is it is very uh, it's very white.
0: Um, okay, so you've got an urban core that's mostly black, and then you've mm-hmm, got yeah. like a, a donut around the city that's uh, suburban white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then you have the the universities, which. Are like Liberty is not very diverse. Um, it, it is fairly uh, white. Uh, University of Lynchburg is 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 pretty diverse, as well as
0: Randolph and the community college. So being in a in a very religious place like you guys are in, like you said, there's 450 different churches. How do you how do you differentiate yourself? I mean, you guys are small. You got 18 people. Um, yeah. You, you can't put on the, the the light show, the thump and bass, the, the you know the the smoke up on the stage. <laughs> you can, definitely can't do that. What can you do and how do you maintain your distinctiveness so you go hey this is this is a gospel church. this is a, a, a church of Jesus.
1: Yeah we, we, we don't have the budget for the smoke machine. Uh <laughs> I didn't, make I didn't make the cut. But what 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 inspired me to go to church wasn't the teaching. It wasn't the 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 music. It was the relationships. Mm-hmm. And what we've leaned into is just authentic discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like trying to be authentic and how we love people, authentic, and how we, how we meet people. Um, So where there are a ton of churches, there is a ton of surfacy relationships. So when we meet people, we're like, Hey, come to our home. It might be chaotic as we do have kids, but come, come have dinner with us, come see us in our element. And and see that we, we, we just want to love you. Uh, we just want to care for you. And I think that, that makes a huge difference when people know that you truly care and they don't want just a number, right? Like they're not just a number in a, a a big church, uh, but they're, they're actually, they're being loved and on an intimate level. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that, that differentiates a lot. It's just, Loving people, being there for people, especially during COVID. Uh, one of our neighbors uh, got COVID early on, and it was rough for her. And she was a part of a, a bigger church, and uh, but didn't really have relationships there. So our entire church, like, let's make her meals. So we take her meals. Like she doesn't know us, like, but she she felt it. She felt the love, and she she felt and and her and her husband have been coming out to church for. Probably six six months now, mm-hmm. um, but just loving people like it's crazy how it sounds so simple, but like when people feel loved or feel heard, they they'll stay with you because they know like whoa well, they do, they do love me.
3: This friend in particular that Cody is talking about, I had a conversation with her recently, and she was saying this big church that they'd been going to back in twenty twenty no one's even called her to ask how she's doing. Like, does even anybody even know, you know, that I'm not going anymore. Um, and it's just so cool to see just through us putting our arms around her and getting to love her um, and her, her husband. Um, yeah. They, they just see the genuineness um, in it. And I think that is what is making us different um, is awesome. this call to, like Cody said, genuine discipleship and relationships and repentance and we just we care about people and we love love people. Like that was Jesus. He had the one-on-one conversations. He was willing to lay down his life. Um, he was willing to do the hard things. And uh so something that Lynchburg has uh is very large families. Oh, yeah. um, everybody in Lynchburg has like four, five, six kids. And so occasionally me like laying down my life means bringing my little clan over to somebody else's house who has five kids. And then I just have a whole preschool situation going on. Um, but just being willing to do that, being willing to, to love people, to meet them where they are, to listen to their stories. Um, I think it is what's setting us apart.
0: I see three strikes against you guys. You, 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 you're going (laughs) in the summer of the George, George Floyd, uh, Murder and then COVID, yeah, and then it's super religious. Okay, let's let's just talk about that. How did you manage that? What was it like?
3: It's a great question.
0: Yeah, i I think going in,
1: we knew that it was going to be very religious. We knew because in March is when the pandemic kind of hit. We knew we were going to have a ton of challenges to like just reaching out to people and then add on it, the, the social un, in, injustices right. that are going on in our world where it's already a pretty divided city. We were kind of like, what do we do? <laughs> and it was more of like the only way to like, do anything is by start conversation Mm -hmm. so that's that that was our plan it wasn't like strict like complex it was more so let's just talk let's bring people to the table and have conversations avoiding or trying to avoid any type of assumptions or jumping to conclusions of like oh i know what they're going to say or I know exactly how this conversation is going to go. So don't get your hopes up. Like trying to take out all of the, even in myself, all of my biases that I can hold, uh, trying to take that out of the picture so that I can listen. Whether with, with, with social injustice or whether it with like religious people. Like, I can easily, like, when I was at Old Dominion, when someone said they were religious, I I easily jumped to the conclusion, like, well, I know exactly what they believe. I know exactly they think they're saved. I I know exactly the the scriptures they're going to go to, if they ever go to scripture. And so I was making a, a lot of conclusions based on past experiences and kind of coming into Lynchburg, I was like, we were both like, all right, we have no idea what we're doing. So let's just ask a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go try and figure out how to lead this church by figuring out the needs of the community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so on that that first semester at Liberty, we had four freshmen. We weren't allowed on campus. We 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 pull up in our minivan with our with our two kids and then a security guard comes and says hey uh, are you guys students i look back at my kids and i'm like no we're not students and they're like you guys can't be here so we we tried to get on campus to to kind of help with the ministry but because of covid they weren't allowing any non-students or non-faculty on the campus so we're like oh that that stinks because it's a college town, you wanna to get on campus. Um, but what was really cool is our students were great. They, they just made a ton of friends, like in their dorms, in their in their classes. And so we, we would have devos and stuff at our house and they would bring friends. And then the second semester, we one of our students was like, hey, each each Liberty student has to do twenty hours of Christian service, meaning they have to they find an organization to work with and do twenty hours of either evangelism, Bible study, um, discipleship. Uh, I can't remember all the, the bullet points that they have on it, but it's called CSER. and they they, they you have to find an organization to serve with. Uh, and one of our students is like, hey let's get our church uh, a, to become a approved CSER. And so we did that. And then I was able to get on campus. So that, that opened a lot of doors for us to just be able to be on campus and meet with the students, evangelize, have Bible studies. Um, But even how we evangelized, we had to figure out a new way because there's a lot of church going on
2: mm-hmm.
1: like Liberty students have to go to two mandatory convocations,
0: which is about an hour church service during the week. I'm sorry, two mandatory. What are they? What
1: are they? Convocations. convocations. So it's like two, okay. two, like hour long church services during the week. Okay. And you have to check in it, it's mandatory if you're an on-campus student and then they have a midweek on campus. They call it campus community. Um, and then after that, if you're in the dorms, you have dorm hall discussions about the campus community that you just came from. So there's just a lot of like church and there's a lot of Bible. They You have to take New Testament survey, Old Testament survey, Evangelism 101. Like there's a lot of classes because it is a, a Christian-based school. And it's, it's when you're trying to present to someone hey, would you want to do a Bible study? They're like, I already got like six of them. Huh. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like almost like Bibled out.
0: Right.
1: And so how we share our faith, it, it, we had to change it up because when we offered Bible studies to people, they're like, no, <laughs> like I'm good. Right. I, I, I already have a couple. Right. Uh, I already have hall discussions and stuff. So what we decided to do is like that wasn't effective. And as an engineer, if something doesn't work, you try something else. So we're like, what do we do? We're like, let's just go around and pray with people. <laughs> let's just let's just walk up to people and say, hey, can can I pray with you? Because a hundred percent of the students are self-proclaimed Christians. Uh, maybe not a hundred percent. Maybe like ninety-five. Um, but I would walk up to people and. I would hold my hands out, and even if it's COVID, a lot of Liberty students didn't really really care. Um, but we would hold hands and pray right there on the spot, and we we would pray about whatever. I'd ask them, like, "Hey, what's what are you, what's going on in your life? Like anything you want me to pray for?" And I would share about stuff going on in my life, and it was more, it made like evangelism non threatening. Mm and it was just like really cool. Like some of the stories you hear. And so we, we'd we be talking, we'd pray. And then I was, Hey, I'd love to hear your testimony. I'd love to hear like what God has been doing in your life. And and then we'd get coffee and we, we'd I'd hear people's testimonies. And from that, I'd be like, Hey, is there, there anything that you're working on in your, your, your walk with God or where are you at in your journey with God? Uh, I've learned to use more terms like that. Um, And then I, Hey, do you mind if I share some passages? It made me think of the Ethiopian eunuch when like, when, 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 when Philip is talking to him and he used that very scripture to talk to him about Jesus and being very like, like let's talk about scripture. And then being able to use that scripture to to help impact their life or help impact what they're going through or hey you know what i i, I think i could help you with that like would you would you want to get together again and and it, it was it was less of like hey let's do a bible study and more of uh how can i help you and let's let's look at scripture let's let's look at what 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 god says versus what you feel and mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's been really good. You want to share?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to add, I remember my first few times going on campus to share that very first semester, and I was just in shell shock. I was like, I, this is totally different than every, anything I've ever done before. Um, when you walk up to people, everybody says they believe in God. Everybody says they're a Christian. Everybody says they read their Bible and they pray and they're, in, like Cody said, four Bible studies a week. Um, so I just had to stop and pray and I'm like, God, what do you, what are we doing here? How do we do it? How do you want us to be effective? And um, what does that look like? And something that occurred to me is that Liberty is really great at having these like huge, like thousands of people meeting together for this, you know, group church service thing. But the one-on-one is what it's lacking. Um, and so sharing our faith, getting to be on campus, my question was, like Cody said, how can I pray for you? Um, but it was also, do you have a spiritual mentor? Has anybody sat down with you and showed you the scriptures of how to become a Christian, how to stay faithful to God, how to make it through challenging times, how to be confident in your faith? Um, Liberty is a Baptist college, and so the theology that they teach is the sinner's prayer. Um, and they'll do these sinner prayers at these big convocations um and so they'll come out you know we'll meet students on campus and they're like thousands of people accepted Jesus yesterday and I'm like that's great you want to make Jesus Lord let's talk about it (laughs) let's do it let's make it happen for you um and so yeah it's just a whole different perspective It's, it's going in meeting people assuming the best and validating their religious experiences and loving them where they're at and um just wanting to help them in their journey. Um, something that we pray for constantly is just to find the Yeah. the people who know God and are sincerely trying to follow God, um, but are just missing a few of the details. Um, so, yeah.
0: Okay. So you've been there now coming up on two years. July of 2020. How's it gone? Has there been some growth? Can you can you share about what's happened since you give us kind of the big picture?
1: Yeah, so we moved here with 18 crazy disciples. Um, again in the pandemic, and God has, I, th- I think God has like blessed us like beyond what we could have imagined. Um, that first semester we we got to learn a lot we we got to learn a lot about the city learn a lot about the people and so that was the fall of 2020 in the spring of 21 is when we were able to get on campus and god brought us people like britney got to study the bible with 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 two girls uh and they both got baptized uh on finals week and that, that 2020, spring 2021. Mm-hmm. But during that semester, one of the, the one of the most blow away stories that that's happened here is so Liberty has this thing called SeaFall. They have acronyms for everything, but SeaFall is college student for a weekend. So people who are considering Liberty University, you come up for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you get to be a student. And you go to class, you get to stay in the dorm, just to see if you like the university. Um, And we had a student that was gonna be coming in fall of 2021, but he came up and he shared his faith with another Seafall student. And he brought him to, to Devo that Friday night. And they were leaving the very next day but we got his information and it's the era of COVID. So we're like, Hey, would you want to study the Bible on zoom? And so he heads back to Connecticut and we're in Virginia, which is not close. Uh, so we start studying the Bible with this guy. He's a high school senior and super humble to the scriptures and, and wants to know the truth, wants to know about God. And, uh, we studied the Bible for about four months, and so we had two baptisms at the final uh, finals week of 2021, and then a little later that month, and I think it was uh, May 29th of 2021, me and two of the other Seafall students, so we didn't have any guys in our campus ministry. So we had two Seafall students that were in Hampton Roads. That came up. We were studying on Zoom with him. And then all three of us drove 10 hours up to Connecticut. (laughs) And we baptized him. We didn't plan very well because we baptized him, had dinner with his family and then drove 10 hours back. Um, So we didn't stay there, but we baptized him and then came immediately back. Um, And then fall semester, he comes as a student as well oh. as five other campus guys that are coming in as freshmen. Wow. So we, we, yeah, long story short, we had six freshman guys come in in the fall. We had two baptisms in the spring and then um, we had a couple other single guys move in. And then 2022, we had another girl get baptized uh, and that story, I'll let Brittany share, but that was an amazing story in itself. But numbers wise, we started at 18 and we're currently at 31. That's awesome. And God's, we have three more freshmen coming in in the fall and a couple singles moving in. So my my my
0: prayer is that we hit 40 by the end of the the year. That's exciting. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions for you. One is, are are these kingdom kids coming into the to liberty university or different university i mean it's, it's kind of a different uh, different church entirely or at least a different doctrine entirely what's prompting parents to send their kids to to liberty
1: yeah i think the community that you're coming into is a huge community whether it be homeschooling mm-hmm. whether it be christian private schools whether it be co-ops so a lot of the students that we're seeing come in are, are from these like either christian private schools that they're they're liberty has a huge pull like from
0: it's one it's the biggest christian university in the world oh it is okay so it's not just baptist kids that are they're coming obviously no it's it's yeah. And then there's people that are just coming because
1: they want to know God. Like the two girls that Brittany studied with, like they went to Liberty looking for God. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, they both had grow up uh, grown up in families that weren't Christians, weren't following the Bible. And in their junior and seniors of high school, they just decided that they wanted to follow Jesus. And so... They didn't have a spiritual mentor didn't have anybody to teach them how to do it, but decided to come to liberty to learn how to do it. And so that was just what was crazy about those initial conversations with both of them. um, Was they were like, I'm here to learn about Jesus, but I don't want to teach me. And I'm like, Okay, so that's why God put us here. (laughs) We can do that. I know how to sit down and study the Bible with people. Um, Yeah, so I was grateful. Just to, just to see that there is a need, even in such a religious atmosphere, um, just those one-on-one relationships and the discipling relationships and the consistency. It just, it really matters. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so what's, what's inspired you guys? I mean, what's kept you inspired through one of the most difficult time periods um, and environments to, to plan a church? I mean, how, how do you guys keep your... Keep your chins up. I mean, obviously the church is growing. What what I see here is a lot of adaptability. I hear you saying that you kind of came in with like an attitude of like, we don't know exactly what's going to work. We're just going to try to figure it out as we go. Um, I saw that in my interview with um, the Lamberts. You know, it's just the times that they shared that they did well were times when uh, almost they didn't know what they were doing or didn't, you know, felt like they didn't exactly have a plan. But what, what's, what's kept you up? What, how have you guys been able to keep your spirits up?
3: Yeah. Um, so Cody had mentioned earlier uh, that I may talk about a sister that just got baptized this semester. And I, I think she's just a prime example, um, again, of just the reason why I'm here, like the reason why we, we've been inspired to come to such a religious place um, so this now sister, she had a friend straight up tell her one day, um, I think a couple years ago, um, a brother who's a part of our movement. He said, like, I don't think you're a Christian. And it caused her to go into this deep. Wait, why do you say that? I need to study this out. And so on her own, she took it to study out baptism and all these different um, just aspects of faith and trying to figure out what's really true. And so by the time she came here, this was this past winter, um, we sat down and got to study the Bible. And she was just one of those people who had kind of already studied the Bible with themselves, but she was looking for a church family that followed the scriptures, um, somebody who was going to hold her hands and call her higher and, and live out the scriptures um, without watering it down. And so they visited our church and a few other churches. And she was like, this is, this is where we have to go. Like and it just it blows my mind because I I see all of these churches around Lynchburg, um, but personally I haven't gone to the church services, and so to hear from somebody who's visited church after church after church, looking for truth preached, looking for unwatered down doctrine, looking for somebody a group of people to build community with and live it out that they find it in our our little, you know, 30 people church planting. Um, It just, it blows my mind and it just helps remind me, okay, you know, there's a reason that we're here and and we are really living out the scriptures. Um, And so, yeah, I think I studied the Bible with her maybe for a week or two. It was one of those studies where she's just over every single night. Um, And we were just waiting for a day that her family would be free to come into town um, because she wanted to be able to impact them with her baptism. And she got baptized on my birthday. Um, So it just, it was a good birthday gift uh, for me just to see that. But just knowing like there's so many people who are just so genuine in their faith and just want to know God, um, I think is, is what's just been inspiring me to keep going, keep plugging. Um, Even when it is hard, when we do have to have those same conversations and people bring up the same arguments about baptism and doctrine and, and just all these different things, it's okay, but there's people that really do desire to know the truth. Um, And that's what we're looking for.
1: Yeah. I think what inspires me is like we have had fruit. Uh, And in my brain, that's impossible. Like with everything going on in our world, like when we planted the church during COVID, like no one, no one should have been meeting up and having Bible studies during that time. Like no one should have been like getting closer to God, like, no, stay at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think when the impossible is conquered is always super inspiring to me. Like I love the, the I know it's kind of corny, but like the the montage sequences of like in movies where they go from like weak and horrible to like strong (laughs) and conquer anything. Like, I feel like that was the first two years of this planting was like, all right, we're starting trying to figure everything out. Like, we took some blows, we took some hits of like not being able to get on campus. But, like, to see like, like God can work through anything, like, who I didn't even know about Zoom. I don't think most of us knew about Zoom. Right. Uh, and then we studied the Bible with a guy on Zoom. I was like, whoa. Like, we studied the Bible with a married couple over the phone. Like, our first three weeks here it was an amazing couple. They studied the Bible for two weeks every night. Um, that, that was kind of crazy. Like, every night we'd call, we'd just have our phone and, and we'd talk. They had young kids. We had young kids. So we didn't want to take them past their bedtime, but they'd call at like nine o'clock and we'd have Bible studies over the phone. And just, I got to do my first wedding. There were, that was the first wedding. Mm-hmm. I ever did. Uh was them and that was a part of their repentance. And and God's been using them, I, I think. And um
3: yeah. Come if I jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I think just jumping off of that. The idea. So yeah, planning a church during a, a pandemic is crazy. Um, and then we we're a young family. Yeah. Like we have three children who are under the age of five. Um, so just trying to get work done in general (laughs) or have a conversation Mm. um, is also a challenge. Um, But I'm just, honestly, I'm just inspired by my kids. Like I remember that feeling of first meeting a disciple and being like, wait, there's Christians out there. Like there's people who actually live out their faith, like who aren't hypocritical, who know the scriptures and hold to all of them. It just, I remember that moment that it just blew my mind. And then that campus sister brought me to like a church service. And I was like, and there's more of you. (laughs) (laughs) What? And I I think just for me, like wanting to give that gift to our children um, of the kingdom, you know, like we are disciples and whether we're in the ministry or not, we're going to be making disciples. And this is how, you know, this is how our family is. And I'm just grateful and excited to get to raise them in a household where, um, yeah where they get to know and grow up learning learning about who Jesus is um,
0: okay yeah. so i got to ask you talking about one more challenge you you've got three kids five and under right 5 2 and a one year old or 6, six month 6 month oh my gosh i mean how how do you literally how do you do ministry i, I know that you're record you're recording this in a closet so you're you're barricaded in a closet <laughs> right
3: now <laughs> so, yes. so i know there's got to
0: be some challenges how, how do you do it brittany i mean this is a this is a big issue this is a very common question i get is like how do you do it with kids how do you do ministry yeah teach us
3: it's an excellent question <laughs> i um so our kids are being watched we are at cody's mom's house so his sister and mom have them in case anybody was concerned um but I actually did a a woman's midweek lesson last night. Um, I've been reading the book, um, emotionally healthy spirituality. And I did a lesson for a woman on embracing our limits. And I think before, yeah, before having the third child, (laughs) I was trying to do ministry as if I, as if I didn't have kids, you know, like I pumped up, we're on the planting, like We've already been like, let go from the ministry one time. We're not going to let it happen again. We're just going to go for it. And I think just this the past six months have just slowed me down. Um, And, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's a huge challenge having kids. And so just thinking about this concept of embracing our limits, um, I had done my lesson on just the Israelites being in the wilderness and how God provided the manna for them each day. He gave them what they needed for each day to be able to make it through. And that's what I feel like. I just I pray for that God gives it to me, um, and I am trying my best. I'm like I'm gonna wake up at five forty five in the morning and have a quiet time before they wake up. But that's really hard when the baby's up at one o'clock and then three o'clock and then the the two girls are up at six o'clock. I'm like, wait, what happened to my before the children woke up time, yeah. with God? Um, but I think realizing. Like these, these children are a blessing to my ministry. Um, the church love being around the kids. The, yeah. they, uh, it's just, I'm, I'm just so grateful that my kids get to grow up with disciples and just building these great relationships. Um, but yeah, I think just seeing it as God has given me this opportunity to pour into these little people. And I can't run my race as if they weren't here because I need to be inspiring the woman around me to know how to also do ministry while in motherhood. Hmm. Um, so yeah, sometimes it means that I, I can't stay as late at events or some events I can't go to or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm in the back nursing halfway through an event or <laughs> whatever you have to do, you know? Um,
0: you guys don't but- seem stressed out. You don't seem unhappy or, uh, dark. I mean, you just seem like really, you know, like you seem happy. There's a, there's a positive vibe that's coming from you.
3: Yeah. We're on
0: vacation. No, I'm just
3: kidding. (laughs) This is day one. Once we get off this call, we will be on vacation. Oh really?
0: Congratulations. Okay. There but maybe that contributes toward it. (laughs)
3: Uh, No, I yeah, I'm super sleep deprived. Can't talk. Super sleep deprived. Um it's it is really hard, but I think God has slowed me down in a really good way. Um, to be able to see my needs and my limits, and the needs and the limits of the women around me, and just how he, yeah, just how he is constantly the one providing um, and taking care of us. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, I, I love the passage where Paul talks about. Um, I think it's First Thessalonians two eight. I want to say where he says we didn't just share the gospel, but well, we shared our lives as well, and that's how I do ministry. Like. Like, we can have a sit-down Bible study, but that's only a, a fraction of my ministry time.
2: Mm.
1: Like, when I'm going to the store and I'm supposed to get with a brother, we're going to the store together. Like, I got to go grocery shop or not grocery shop, but if I have to pick up diapers, like, we're going to go together. And that's going to be a great time for we to, us to talk about what's going on in our life. Um, if, if, if we're getting t- time together, like, it's a great time to, to share our faith like, that's a great time to go and pray with people. Uh, I don't have to like add another time block for someone. I can repurpose what I'm already doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and meet two kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can, I can, I can go get diapers cause we need diapers clearly. Uh, and I can hang out with a brother and I can share my faith at that time. Like,
3: like whoa, three and one. Yeah. I wanted to um to share just a, a quick scripture. Um in Jeremiah 31, verse two, it says, Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found mm. grace, <laughs> found grace in the wilderness. When Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. Uh it just this week has just been hitting me so hard. The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. And that's the ESD version, um, but we're all in this spiritual battle. Um, and un- unfortunately, you know, some people don't make it and that's just true. But as we are fighting, um, God wants to give us so much grace mm-hmm. and yeah, just to encourage the young moms out there. Like it's so hard, um, but God is the one who's bigger. Um, His grace is sufficient. Second yeah. Corinthians 12 his grace is sufficient for us. Um, so we don't have to be superwoman. We don't have to do it all. We don't have to, yeah, be able to do everything like the world and society tells us we have to. Um, but we need to lean into God and lean into his grace. And, um, yeah, his goodness is what's going to help pull us through.
0: So you guys have one, one of your goals down, you got your domestic mission planting down. Any plans for any for any plans for a foreign planting?
1: I haven't thought about it, to be honest, we're still (laughs) here. I want to give my whole heart here uh, just to make sure that like we're building to last here so that if God does call us outside of this, that it's not just going to crumble. And yeah, so as of right now. There, there is no uh, on the horizon of what's to, to come, but uh, not to say that won't ever come, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: Any advice for those who want to multiply churches, want to make this life count and think, man, maybe I could do that someday.
1: Stay close to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's a, a big one, especially if you're, if you want to multiply churches, you're probably going to start a church that's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means you have to be connected to God to survive that. Mm. Like, it, 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 it's you're isolated, you're on an island. Like, and, and here in, in Lynchburg, like, you're on an island where everyone almost believes exactly different than what you believe.
2: Mm. Like,
1: maybe that God is real, but your doctrine is not like, 75% of the churches in, in Lynchburg are Baptist churches. So, for you to come and say like, "Oh, baptism for the forgiveness of sins," it's like you're you're, you're talking a different language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to know what you believe, and you have to be confident in what you believe, and stay connected to God, so that when you do go and do something crazy like plant a church, like you're not swayed by every good-sounding teaching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every, everyone who comes on the planting, like, especially the kingdom kids, because we've had a lot of kingdom kids come on the planting, like, the first week you're here, we're, we're, we're encouraging, hey, what are your convictions? What are they based on? Are they based on your parents? Which, amen, for your parents teaching you, but if it's just your parents, you're not going to last. Mm. Like, what scriptures are you leaning on? What is what is God how are you leaning on God? Is that, that's, that's the critical, like people come and go, but if if, if God's not the center of every decision or every motive, then you might get to the church planting or multiply, but you might not stay there. Right. And if you want to keep going, you have to be close to God.
0: Great
3: advice. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah, it's the most important thing. Um, two years in, I, I think it's hitting me more now how isolated we are. At first, it was just like all this joy and this excitement of going on this grand adventure to this new place, and now just the reality of wait we did it. (laughs) Like we're here and this is where we're putting our roots for right now. And um, I think my advice now would be start building those deep spiritual relationships where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it, it might be with, you know, sisters or brothers who are in your city or outside of your city, but there's just so many people who I've had to lean on, um, who aren't in the planting. Um, and I've gotten to build these deep spiritual relationships with so many people outside who can understand kind of the life, the life circumstances, um, being in the ministry, having young kids, it's just such a unique position to be in. Um, and so I'm just so grateful. Like I've had women literally in other continents, like holding up my arms while I'm on the mission team here in this little middle of nowhere, Virginia, a religious city. Um, so I'm just, I'm so grateful just for the sisters who've just been there for me, even if they're physically not here.
0: Mm. Cody and Brittany, thank you so much for the time. And it, it's really inspiring to me that it's been so challenging, uh, in so many different ways. I mean, coming at you seven ways from Sunday, I mean, it's crazy like COVID and then, you know, just a very segregated city during the middle of, of racial racial tension in, in the country, very religious place, three kids. I go, whoa. Um, and then you guys going back into the ministry, the paid ministry, after being um, in the secular world working, it's impressive. It's very impressive. And uh, and you've made it grow. I mean, many churches are, are really struggling or losing members. You guys have grown. And I think this is the power of the small church. It's It's exciting. I mean, you've grown from almost doubled your church, which is really amazing over the past couple of years. So it really brings glory to God. I just want to wish you guys all the best going forward. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.